Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the one I've been most excited for of the podcast. Yeah, there we go. See what everyone comes out with. See what we can muster up from these teams who've never watched play cricket. Well, some we've never watched. Hello and welcome to Rain Stop Play and welcome to our first preview podcast for the Men's World T20, which starts in just a few days time. Uh, Coming after this podcast, you'll hear our previews on all the bigger nations, as it were. But this is a dedicated uh, podcast to the minnows um, that are looking to qualify to the main tournament. Uh, We're excited for this, boys. We've got a full Rain Stop Play quartet today. Um, Glenn is here. How are you, Glenn? How have you enjoyed researching uh, these teams? Uh, yeah, I'm now a Namibia Ultra. I've all my shirt. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Uh, I'm all right. Good news and bad news. I'm really tired this morning because I had to be up at like 6 a.m. for a conference presentation that started at 7, unfortunately. But nobody really turned up, so we kind of nixed it. So that was kind of sad. Oh. Uh, that was unfortunate. But the good news is uh, I was speaking to somebody um, who's doing their, who's finishing their PhD uh, at the University of Iowa right now. He's from Pakistan. He loves cricket. Apparently, there's an indoor cricket league about half an hour away from me in Cedar Rapids. Happy no. days. Yes. No. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> We've been oh, missing yeah, that. We've been missing how was cricket this week content from Zach Summer, so you can <laughs> yeah, replace it. I can I, I can fill in. <laughs> is, this, is this a thing, then? Is this happening soon, then? Cedar Rapids indoor cricket? Uh, so that is what uh, we're working. We're working that out. I think there's a little bit in Iowa City. I think they uh, a couple of his mates occasionally play indoors at the weekend. So we're going to try and get I'm going to try and get into the loop on that. But yeah, it's only 30 minutes away. And hopefully there'll be a couple of people at least travel from Iowa City. I'm still figuring out the car situation. So, yeah, who knows? Maybe this time next year, I'll be in the first ever major cricket league of T20 in, in America. <laughs> so <laughs> listeners, if you are somewhere in the middle of the United States. Please go play cricket with Glenn. <laughs> Me versus Plunkett. <laughs> Watch out for those turning deliveries. He will rag it square. The one that lands is dangerous. <laughs> yeah, the one, the, one one of, the one of the over that lands, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. But that's, that is some exciting future pod content. Uh, Will and Zach are here as well, boys. Um, before we get into this, how excited are you both, Zach? You're buzzing, I know you are. You, you love You love this sort of stuff. I'm I'm really excited for this podcast. I'm more excited for this than the ones that we've recorded, but you won't hear till after this because they're teams that we talk about quite a lot. And these teams, we don't get to talk about that much. So they're really fun to talk about and research. Uh, my, I, am, I might play some indoor cricket at some point. My league's starting soon. 
So maybe oh, we'll we get could back have to some content. Actual cricket content. I do miss that start bit of the pod. So I'm looking forward to that returning, boys. Will, any any indoor cricket for you? Or just like you like me and we're just doing some research on it and we're just talking about it once a week? You sure I was supposed to be in an indoor league that starts in October and I'm not got around to doing it yet. But I need to recruit people into a team. Oh, so it could be on then. We could have three indoor leagues going on at some point at Rainstock Play in various parts of the world. Could Very be exciting. on. Um, right, so... It's all the Minnow teams will be qualifying as of Sunday the 17th. Uh, we'll be chatting about Oman, Papua New Guinea, Bangladesh, sorry to call you a small team, Scotland, Ireland, the Netherlands, Sri Lanka and Namibia. Uh, we've split them up. So we've been we've been given two each to do our research on. And we'll sort of, I guess, do a little elevator pitch about them, about why they're going to win the whole tournament at some point. Uh, so we'll get into that very, very shortly. But because this is the first podcast we've put out since the Ashes squad was announced, we're going to do a very, very quick reaction to it in general. I was pretty nonplussed by it. I guess it's good that nobody's pulled out, that that is our strongest 16, 17 guys that are going out there. And that's about it. They're still going to lose four or five nil. Uh, good luck to them. Let's hope it's a bit of fun. If we can win a test, that'd be great. If not, oh, well, that's pretty much all I've got to say about it. Anyone else want to, anyone else want to chime in? Such a non-event, wasn't it? <laughs> the squad was just say that. like... It was though, wasn't it? And I think we were all... So I, wrote, I, saw, I read a great column that was like, we've been building up for this with Archer, Ollie Stone, our batting lineup. This is the one we're going to go win. And then when that all derailed with with Archer's injury, it, it was a non-event, wasn't it? Yeah. And, and the idea that we've been building for like the last two, three years to bat big, bat once. And the person who was kind of the shining light of that in 2020 isn't going to be going, Dom Sibley. I, I, <laughs> the only surprise was that Joss Butler's going. We were, I was kind of surprised that he wet, he's going, but that's it. For me, bat big is a bit like build back better as this kind of meaningless <laughs> slogan that just doesn't get any any good outcome. <laughs> it isn't, is it? You're not going to bat big with, with what we've taken out there. But yeah, I mean, good luck to them. And we'll have lots of Ashes preview. And I'm sure we'll get excited about it. But it's so far away. And that squad is so, yeah that i just think we're gonna just that's about it for that and we're gonna get into our preview now because what we're here to do uh the men's world t20 starts on sunday the 17th of october uh i'm gonna keep calling these the minnow teams some are associate members some are full members don't be offended if i say minnow it's just easier okay it's just easier um they're playing in two groups of four group a and group b and two will qualify from each group that's that's how it's going to work. How this podcast is going to work is we've each been given two teams to research and we're going to tell you why they're fantastic. Now, uh, Zach won the toss again. <laughs> you won the toss in, in the in the podcast you haven't heard yet that we've recorded. And you're going first. Uh, you're talking about two teams from Group A. Uh, who are you starting with? Let's do this. I'm going to start with arguably the biggest team in this draw. They're the last Asian team to win the T20 World Cup in 2014. A team that I really like or did like. I don't I don't really like them now. You know, I, I like some of their players from the past. Uh, it's Sri Lanka, who, you know, we all love it's a lot bad, of Sri Lanka. It's bad they haven't qualified. You just think they're big enough to be with the big boys now, right? That's This is probably the biggest shock in, in this group of eight. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, you look at if there are, if the, I don't know, they're not better than any of the teams. I don't, I wouldn't put them as better than any of the teams that have qualified, though. The only one that there would be any doubt about would be South Africa. 
not South Africa, South Africa as well, maybe, but Afghanistan is what I meant yes, to say. I don't know where South Africa came from. Yeah, I, think, I think you disliked Africa so much, and listeners will hear that in a couple of days, that you just thought they hadn't qualified as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah Sri Lanka kind of, they seem to have been in a, in a kind of rebuild phase for quite a while now. Without without Lassith Malinga, they're, you know, he was really good. He retired. You know, they lost some they had two of the best batsmen in world cricket across all three formats and they both went a few years ago. They've not managed to replace them. I I think their 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 hopes are good for qualifying from this, but I think they're going through a bit of a tough patch. And the start is very important. If Namibia were to kind of, you know, ruffle a few feathers early on and cause them a shock, then I think they, they, they could they struggle. Will. They will. As, as well, will come Glenn, on you're to. an ultra, so you would say that. <laughs> the bowling bowling is their strength. It wasn't amazing against Oman in their warm-up games where, well, I mean, Sri Lanka slipped to 23 for four. I mean, they did end up with 162, but 23 for four against an associate nation is not the sort of thing you'd, you'd want to see. It was a great partnership from Rajapat's Paxa and Karuna Ratna, not not that Karuna Ratna. Different Karuna Ratna is um, different Karuna Ratna. Is Chiramani in this team? He winds me up. Thank gosh. Thank no, there's there, there's there's quite a few players who who also who still wind me up in this team though. Chandamal is just winds not me up. Good. Go yeah, away. Really winds you me should, up. Should have stopped a long time ago. Mm. So him and uh, Kusal Pereira will most likely open together. They'll open the batting together. The batting is not their strength. They apparently they've never they've never opened together even considering they've both played about 60 T20s together. I think it does help that Chandamal often bats three or four, and he hasn't opened since 2016. He he averages 20 and has a strike of 105. So that's just, that angers me in itself. Like <laughs> but, an accumulator that can't accumulate. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Looking at the stats for this for this side, it's not it's not great. Avishka Fernando was was touted to be the best batsman in this side by one um by one side i saw and he did hit 83 from 59 against oman but his record is really bad because that oman fixture those those warm games don't count as t20is they're other t20s so it just, this doesn't count towards his average but he averages 13 with a strike rate of 96 in t20is which is you know we thought chandamal was bad this is that is so much worse yeah, bowling is is a little bit better. Hasaranga, he's really fun, isn't he? But he's he's been sat on the bench for RCB for the last month. Well, I thought he was going to play a bit more IPL cricket because he is a great IPL player, i.e. bats and bowls, right? And he just hasn't found his place in the side yet. He played a couple games and didn't didn't really tear up any trees, so lost his place. RCB were terrible in the kind of second phase of the IPL so they changed over their overseas slots quite regularly other than that they've got Chimera is probably the the standout pace bowler taken 31 wickets to 27 across T20Is he was also in the RCB squad but never made his debut uh, they've, they've got two pace bowlers basically frontline pace bowlers a third seamer who can bat in Karuna Ratna already mentioned and other than that they've not got any pace bowlers in the reserves or anything so they're, they're very light on pace and the other pace bowler Lahiru Kumara is very young and apparently has just been in and around the the squad for years just because he can bowl at like 140 145 
kilometers an hour. So he can bowl wheels, and that's basically it. He's not that impressive. The yeah, Hasarangas, it it doesn't look that good. And I think the first one's a big one for them. And I may say they they might be a little undercooked. Their two best bowlers, which is their strength, have both been warming the bench for RCB. And if they start poorly, yeah, like I say, I, I don't know if they'll bounce back. One thing that goes completely against this, sorry, Will, I will I will let you interject, is that they do have uh, Mahela Jaya-Wardner as part of their coaching staff. So with that, they're probably going to win the whole T20 World Cup, aren't they? Because that I think that trumps everything else I've just said. <laughs> you, 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 sorry, Will, I'll let, I will let Will come in a minute because I know he's itchy. But Zach, and in the pods that people haven't heard yet that you'll be excited to hear next week, you've already declared three or four different winners. So that isn't, <laughs> that isn't fresh info. Go on, Will. No, what, what, again, listeners won't know this yet, but what our specialty seems to be trying to introduce teams by being optimistic and in the course of a pitch, realising that they're terrible in every way. I, I I wrote down all the teams in Group A and by far the one that you think, oh, well, they'll obviously qualify is Sri Lanka. And after hearing what Zach's just said, I'm just going to cross them out because <laughs> that does Genuinely, not sound good. But I didn't realise they slipped to 23 for four against Martin, And if they do that in a pressure situation of one of these qualifying games, who knows what could happen? Yeah, it's not no good. One. The only... No one knows. Yeah. <laughs> no one knows or cares, quite frankly, about Sri Lanka. <laughs> Zach, are they getting through, you know, if, if we were to, to nip this in the bud? You know, is it as simple as Will said, it's an easy group, they're just going to get through, despite think, their obvious shortfalling? I think if they sneak by Namibia in the first game, they'll get through, because I think by the third game, they'll be their, their top players will be kind of in the groove. I think the only way they won't qualify as if they're caught a bit cold in that first game because they haven't played that much cricket together and their their stars have been at, at, at the IPL. I think Glenn is itching to tell us why Namibia will win that first game. Well, Glenn is next. The next team is Namibia. Sorry, Sorry, just on. just a quick one on, on an absence from the squad. It, Angelo Matthews, the evergreen Angelo Matthews, is not in the squad. Uh, this he's been he hasn't retired. He has considered retirement, but this is due to the unethical treatment by the management, um, which regards senior players. So he doesn't have an international contract at the moment. So that's um, something to note because obviously he does it all, doesn't he? Yeah, Angelo. that's quite a big loss, isn't yeah. it? Really. He is he is balance personified. <laughs> There's the B word for the podcast. Good to get that in early, Zach. Well done. First 15 minutes. Good to see it. Right then, Glenn. Come on, you're itching for this. I am as well. I know nothing about this team. I've done no research on it because that was your job. Uh, their first game is against the aforementioned Sri Lanka on Monday the 18th. Go. Yep, what well, a start off. I can't wait for Namibia to batter Sri Lanka in a couple of days. Is <laughs> It's going to be a feast of cricket for fans of the of the country, such as myself. Uh, where to start? I mean, uh, I want to. I do want to. I use two sources um, to collate my information, so I do want to shout them out. ICC Cricket was immensely helpful with this preview, um, so I do want to point you in their direction as as a as a good source for for some of these stats, not all of them. Uh, starting off, it's their T20 World Cup tournament debut. Massive moment for the nation. Really exciting. It's been 18 long, long years since they first... Oh, you're uh, telling me, Glenn, I've been waiting yeah. for this. <laughs> well, <laughs> I've been long years in the wilderness. <laughs> well, that's since they uh, they featured an ICC World Cup. So they actually went winless uh, in 2003. So I spent about half an hour digging through the archives and finally having a look, seeing how they did in that World Cup. I, I, I've managed to... Iowa out... University Library by any chance? Do they have any <laughs> records on it? <laughs> 
so there was one particularly uh, pathetic loss, unfortunately, that I do want to point listers to um, in that 2003. And it's, oh, it was the ODI World Cup. Um, it was against Australia. Uh, Dan, Dan has just lost it. I, this is brilliant. <laughs> I do want to point everyone to one particularly pathetic loss. <laughs> well, you know, they've been in the wilderness, as you said. Um, so they played Australia. Australia batted first. They didn't do too bad. They restricted Australia to 301 for six, which is quite a few runs, but especially in the modern game, that's, you know, a pretty good title uh, total. Maybe 20 years ago, uh, less less so. Um, however, uh, Namibia were bowled out for 45 in 14 overs, and Australia won by a pretty uh, substantial 256 runs. However, moving on, moving on, we're going to take you up to 2019 now, up to 2019. Forget 2003. That was a disaster for the country, disaster for the nation. 2019, Namibia regained their ODI status because they lost it for 16 years because they were dross. So that was really unfortunate for the country, but they reclaimed it, uh, which is which is wonderful. So taking us over to the present day, uh, it's Namibia, there's ODI cricket, there's T20 international cricket. It's all going on. I wanted to come into this pod with the fantastic um, stat that they'd won their last six ODIs, including a 3-0 serious triumph against Uganda. However, a man stuffed them before coming on air. So they, they have, they have <laughs> so, yeah, that run has really unfortunately... Got been ended uh bad time to to break that i'd say just for the tournament but i've been impressed uh so i want to take us over to some of the key figures um in this team that's kind of how i've uh, how i framed it there's a little bit of backing uh to the uh to the squad and as i said I, the icc um report framed this as um as their golden generation and i think that's fair enough but it's hard to compare when the other generations were like bronze if they were just so bad does that just mean by default they're the golden generation <laughs> I guess so. Anyway, uh, let's get on to the key people. Uh, we have Pierre de Bruyne, who is the coach, and he has some good coaching experience. He was former head coach at Leicestershire, so he has some understanding, at least, of the of the English game. He's seen, as you know, pretty pretty safe pair of hands. Uh, into the players to watch. So I've picked out four players, um, one of whom is possibly my favourite person in world cricket at this moment in time. Uh, number one is the captain. Uh, Gerard Erasmus, who does sound like an umpire, doesn't he? I think that is the surname. Yeah, is that Murray's younger brother or something? <laughs> yeah. uh, so I'm going to point you to Erasmus. Uh, yeah, he's the captain. He's an elegant batter. Um, he scored 268 runs in the qualifiers, which was second only to Paul Sterling, who I'm covering Ireland, so I'll be talking about him in about 10 minutes. Uh, Erasmus is averaging nearly 35 with the bat at a really healthy strike rate of 140. I mean, that's pretty impressive in his first 22 uh, T20 internationals. He's also a really dynamic fielder and is seen as a really uh, good leader of the team. So he is probably, of all the players, that that one that jumps out. Is he an uh, opener, in, Glenn? Is he, does he open or is he like one of those middle order sort of basher? Uh, I think he can fluctuate. Let me just pull up the uh, a man scorecard, which I don't want to look at because it was slightly humbling. Uh, no, um, not if you're in a movie ultra, mate. Don't look at that again. He bats number four. So uh, okay, I'm glad. Nice, you, number. Uh, nice number. Yes. Good. No, a captain's number. A bit of a Joe Root, isn't he? You know, dominates the innings uh, after the openers do the business. Anyway. Um, so he is someone to watch. He's someone I'll be watching closely. Also, uh, David Weiss is a really interesting name. He's probably the only one that any listeners, including my three uh, fellow co-hosts, have heard of. Uh, he's a former South Africa international. Uh, he switched allegiance. Uh, he's now playing for Namibia. And he's a very hard hitting all rounder. 
So he's decent with the ball, explosive with the bat. I think success in this tournament, probably no exaggeration to say he'll have a play. If they, he'll, he'll have a factor in those wins. He'll have to play pretty well. And we'll, we'll carry that international experience at the highest level into this team. He's a great linchpin. So we've got a classy batter. We've got a really solid all-rounder. Uh, the, uh, two more people I want to pick out. J.J. Smith is somebody who, a couple of previews I read, uh, he seems to be a pretty pivotal member of the team. Again, very powerful all-rounder. Um, he's a quick bowler. He can swing the ball early on in the innings. Uh, and the ICC report said he's good at playing against both spin and pace, which, as they're the only two forms of uh, bowling in the game, is pretty handy, isn't it? It's <laughs> handy, isn't it? Oh, he's good against great. bowling. Good. Yeah, he's, he can bat, I think is what they could have said. Uh, and uh, two more things, two more things to note. Uh, Craig Williams. Now, he I, he's, he's everything about cricket to me. He, he really sums up everything special about the modern game. Uh, so he's a Namibian veteran. He's played, in his estimation, I don't think he's forgotten how many games he's played. In his <laughs> estimation, he's played 360 matches for them, which is quite a lot over the last 14 years. I don't know whether he got hit on the head with a bouncer. It's just, <laughs> yeah, he's just forgotten. He's hallucinated about 300 of them. <laughs> <laughs> of Namibia played 360 matches. <laughs> It feels like a lot, doesn't it? Uh, we might question that, but I mean, that's what he's telling us. So I've gone to the source there. Uh, so something that Will um, picked out of the uh, of the preview, the notes that I put in one of our Google Docs a couple of days ago, um, he passed my eye test. So I did um, stay up. It was complete by accident, actually. But I did. Uh, I think somebody put in the chat that uh, I think it was Zach um, put that UAE were playing Namibia um, uh, in a game, a warm up game a couple of days ago. So it was about 1 a.m. So I thought, absolutely, let's crack on the start of the innings. Uh, so uh, uh, I watched uh, I watched them play the UAE did very nicely. They won the game. Craig Williams uh, looked really good. Uh, he got 57 from 37. And uh, looked in completely lovely nick until like, he slapped one to someone at cover and looked trudged off, looking sad for himself. Um, however, however, there was one more thing um, that I want to mention, and this really speaks to one of the many reasons why I love um, Craig Williams. Well, two things, actually. Number one, uh, they, they must have mixed up the stream. I think it was on Free Sports. And his name, instead of his surname, Williams, it just said his first name, Craig. Why <laughs> <Imagine laughs> doing that? They were doing that throughout their uh, their coverage of all of them. All the island <laughs> players were just Andy and Craig and Paul. <laughs> it's like a pub game. <laughs> Andy's yeah. playing well again. Yeah, Roger's up next. Roger's batting at seven. Um, so I love that. Um, however, um, in December 2020, I do want to uh, note that Craig Williams opened the first indoor cricket facility in Namibia. Um, which is um, pretty fantastic. This um, is where he claimed to have played 360 matches uh, uh, right. in, that, in that interview. And I do want to note that it is um, the high performance uh, Craig Williams Cricket Academy. So I think a, uh, a goal for this pod uh, when Namibia are a full test playing nation in a couple of months is for when England are touring for us to go check out the Craig Williams Cricket Academy. Well, I can compare it to Cedar Rapids, see see what's going well, down. Well, that's it. You've got you in Cedar Rapids. Zach and Will have got their own one going on. It, all it needs is me to go and play for Namibia there or play in Namibia, and we'll all have some indoor cricket going on across the world. Well, that was a great preview, Glenn. You're very passionate about Namibia, aren't you? I love them. I love them. And I just want to f- just wrap up by saying they do have tough fixtures. It's a really competitive group. Zach, you did a beautiful job um, talking about Sri Lanka. Uh, they've got Sri Lanka first on the 18th of October. 
I would say the most pivotal game here, the must-win game, is against the Netherlands. Zach, feel very welcome to dispute this in a few minutes. That's on the 20th of October. That feels like a massive game for both nations. And another one, uh, I think we'll probably know Namibia's fate probably lightly before this point if they've lost the first two. 22nd of October, they're playing Ireland. And I think they're going to be pretty, arguably pretty evenly matched. Uh, I'll be talking about Ireland in a couple of moments. But uh, tough, tough fixtures, I would say. I'd say that's a that's a rough group for a, for a small nation. Yeah, and they're definitely bottom of this group in terms of, you know... Expectation. Stature. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So it'll be tough for them, but I think... And I hope the same for you listeners. I'm excited about Namibia now. I hope you are as well. I've learned a lot. Some players to watch there. Uh, right, back over to Zach then for the Netherlands, the third team in Group A. Uh, is that game against Namibia going to be as pivotal for them, Zach? Or do you reckon they might be able to sneak a, a little win before that? What, what are your thoughts on on the Dutch I would say because of the order of their games, the game versus Ireland is just as important because that's uh, the Ireland game's their first game. So their third game against Sri Lanka, as I mentioned, I think Sri Lanka will probably be kind of, you know, warmed up by then. They'll be they'll be raring to go and they'll probably struggle. But if they can go into that with two wins already under their belt, the Netherlands, this is then they will be in a good place. But. You know, so that 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 Namibia game will be really will be really important. It's because I I feel like Ireland, Ireland, Namibia, and the Netherlands are all kind of relatively evenly matched. They're quite like evenly matched. I mean, Glenn's come on to Ireland in a minute. The Netherlands were the winners of the World Cup qualifier in which was I think it was in 2019 now. They're, they're kind of pace bowlers won them that tournament um, with uh, Brandon Glover. The North Hans Quick was the player of the match in the final. They've also got um, there's lots of county players in this side. Lots of names will we'll recognize. Van der Gupten plays for Glamorgan or certainly did. They've also got obviously lots of Somerset. Roller van der Merwe, of course. Love him. Can't wait to see him in an ICC event, giving it large for his country. Man. That's going to be huge. Exactly. We've also got um, Paul Van Mariken, who Glenn might remember. He played for Somerset for a, for a few years. I think he now plays for Durham. Yes. Yep, yep. I do remember him. We've also got um, Stephen Myberg, who is Johan Myberg's brother, who Johan Myberg played for Somerset in T20s for like five years. So Stephen Myberg is his, his younger brother. So they've got lots of Somerset there. So I'm a big fan of this team, particularly Roller van der Merwe is one of the best cricketers in the world. Yeah, because he's just so much fun. And the amount of balance he brings to any side is just is just beautiful. <laughs> does he know, Zach? Does he? Is he like the he's not the I'm sure for the Netherlands he is. He doesn't bat does he bat much? He bats all right. Right. Google Rolla oh, van der Merwe versus Surrey. Okay. There was, a, listen, there, was you, there was a one day cup game where he hit about he hit about a hundred and he hit about hundred and sixty. You carry on, I will look at that <laughs> as you speak. Who was he playing? Surrey. He was playing against Surrey. So, you know, like we said, lots of county experience. It's also got Ryan Tendershkata and Colin Ackerman in there as well. Very experienced players. Colin Ackerman is, is the vice captain. He captains Leicester. And obviously Tendershkata has won various uh, trophies with Essex. I think they're kind of their middle order. That middle order with those two and Cooper is is their is their kind of strength. Their openers, not so not so much. But then, yeah, other than that, the, the, the spin is not. Is not great. Van der Merwe obviously, you know, darts it in, but doesn't get it turning. But on a turning pitch, you know, he's he's had some uh, success at Hyderabad, and what place is more like Hyderabad in the world than um, than Sharjah? 
uh, I, yeah, I, I do worry about them. I think, you know, that first game is, is really important to get off to a good start because then they'll be they'll be buoyed by the fact they've uh, they've got a result and they'll think, yeah, one win, one win against Namibia and then we're in a fantastic spot. We're probably going to win it. But I do think, yeah, it's going to be tough. I'm just watching this man Van der Merwe innings. I take it all back. This was mad. <laughs> this was absolutely insane. Uh, Somerset with 22 for five, and he just he just picks up a quick 165, not out to win in the game. He was batting against Scott Borthwick, though. So I think we could all have a good knock against him. But he is an all-rounder. Great balance to that side. Exactly. And he was, he was brilliant in the T20 blast this year for Somerset with the ball, taking so yeah, many fantastic important bowler. wickets. Yeah, which is, you know, there's also Klaassen as well, who I'm not sure whether he'll actually make the Netherlands side, but he also took uh, four for 18 in that blast semi-final against Sussex for Kent. So, yeah, he's also lots lots and lots of county players in here. Yeah. So do you want to stick your neck out and say they're going to we'll we'll all do this at the end of which of the teams you think are going to make it through to the sort of proper tournament, if you will. Uh, But as you said, Zach, quite rightly, the Netherlands, Ireland and Namibia look and seem on paper very close. So is it tricky to say they're going to go through or are you just going to say they're going to win the whole thing? I, I think they're going to go through. I think they, they might just miss out on the semifinals, though. Uh, just. I think, yeah, I, I think m- both of my teams are the favourites to go through. And as in ne- uh, Netherlands and Sri Lanka, you know, Netherlands played when yeah. they played against all these sides in the last ICC tournament, the qualifier, they won the whole thing. It's a very fair point. It's very fair point. Glenn really unimpressed with that idea. Yeah, it looks absolutely miffed. Go on, Glenn, defend Ireland then. Defend your two teams. (sighs) Well, Ireland, you know, I'm I'm going all in with Namibia. I'm going all in with Namibia, Yeah, to be honest. I don't really want to talk about Ireland much. I could tell you some more about Namibia if you want. Uh, No, I (laughs) (laughs) It's worth saying before we press record, Glenn did say something to the tune of there's nothing to be excited about with Ireland. Yeah, I think that's the headline news, isn't it, Glenn? Well, okay. Well, like yes and no. Let me let me let me go through the little bit of research I did. There's a couple of standout players which I'll get to in a moment. Um, but just for a, a bit of context, um, for uh, for listeners, you know, Ireland, uh, you know, pretty regular fixture in international tournaments at this point. I think they've you know grown quite a bit, especially you know the last decade or two in the international game, which is great to see. Um, their T20 World Cup record isn't particularly good. In their previous 15 games they've played, they've only won three of them. Um, so I think there's that golf, um, their golfing quality. I think they're seen as one of, you know, the most um, of the smaller of the smaller nations um, who regularly play ODI cricket and T20 cricket. They're seen as probably one of the better small ones. I think it's probably fair to say. Obviously, as you've mentioned, that you know, Sri Lanka are basically too big to fit into this kind of discussion we're having. But again, it does speak to the disappointment um, they've had um, in recent months. Uh, it could be a team in transition. Um, so Boyd Rankin and Gary Wilson, um, who were two pretty well established um, uh, players in the Ireland setup, they retired from international cricket this year. So they've moved on. Um, they have also been screwed over by England a couple of times. Ed Joyce and Owen Morgan, two names that come to mind. Um, players that have obviously picked um, England over Ireland, which has been difficult. Um, but yeah, let's just I'll just run through what I thought. I think interesting. So um, they've got Graham Ford as their coach. Um, he's the former Sri Lanka coach. He's, he's, um, again, experienced, um, seen as a pretty good, a pretty good man for the job. So I think that seems to be, uh, a good fit. So for Namibia and Ireland, I think two coaches that seem to be, uh, a nice match for their, for their international teams. Um, batsman, um, Andy Balburnie's captain. 
Um, so that's a name that probably most people are familiar with, um, with domestic cricket over in England will know. Um, as the cricketer notes, I do want to point people to the cricketer. They were my fantastic source for Ireland. Um, as captain, his T20I batting average has dropped since he took up the role. And he's yet to register a half century since becoming captain. But surprisingly, uh, his ODI form hasn't really been affected since he became captain. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But just statistically, there, there may have been, at least in the shorter format, a bit of a drop off with him coming in as captain. Um, basically, I don't want to talk about him for too long because, again, it's, I, nothing really jumped out to me. But there are two players um, who I think um, are really interesting. Uh, number one, Paul Sterling. Uh, we all know him. As you mentioned earlier, a uh, top scorer in the qualifiers. Uh, he's a destructive um, opening batter who really is, at least for me, is an icon for English T20 cricket. He's been doing the business for Middlesex for many, many years. Uh, just always, always entertaining. Uh, we always like to watch him open up and and swing. Um, he's he's actually you know um, grown in the in the international game and in the last 12 months he's appeared in the Lanka Premier League, uh, the Pakistan Super League, the T20 Blast, and of course the Hundred. Um, surprisingly, uh, considering the vast amount of games he's played, he's only got two T20 centuries. But if you consider how hard a feat that is, I think uh, that stat, when it was framed as not particularly a great record, I think that could be harsh. Um, Zach, do you want to jump in? Yeah, just because two T20 hundreds is pretty good. <laughs> that's one. That's kind of what I thought. <laughs> that's one more than Josh Butler has, and we think of Josh Butler as a world-class T20 player. I thought the cricketer were a bit harsh on him there. I think it's an extraordinary feat. So what, yeah. did, did the cricketer frame that with language saying like just the two? He only only mustered two in his career. I, I think the language they used was a pathetic amount of <laughs> of, of two <laughs> two in capitals. Uh, yeah, I, they, they, I, I was surprised. Um, I'll see if I can find that language real quick. Um, but yeah, he's obviously um, a well known. Here we go. Um, let's see. Uh, Oh, I can't find the language. Maybe I made it up. Maybe they said this extraordinary achievement is something to be so proud of, Mr. Sterling. And I interpreted it. You're like, ugh, two. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, the thing is, I like Ireland. This is why I was just like, I was a bit flat. I think I I got like the hype of Namibia and I kind of had a bit of a come down coming into this. Um, Anyway, uh, what's what's quite interesting is that Sterling is going on uh, to play with Chris Gale, Liam Livingstone at the... um, at Team Abu Dhabi in the T10 League after the World Cup. So uh, keep your eye on that. I mean, that is a batting lineup uh, and a half. Uh, that's a sick team. That's going to be pretty, fun. It's only those three. They didn't bother hiring another eight players. <laughs> Just they don't need them. I mean- all of them, all of them can bat and offer a bit of spin. So you just don't need eight more players. <laughs> They're all covered, haven't they? The boys. Well, uh <laughs> sorry, guns, sorry, Grant. Sorry, Grant. One thing on him, I think he's one of those players who is a little bit unlucky because of his nationality on him not having an IPL gig. And I really? think he could a good tournament because obviously we don't see him playing. We've seen him play against England, but we don't see Ireland playing India. We don't see Ireland playing Australia regularly. Anyway, they play a lot of the associate nations. I think if he has a really good tournament, he in an expanded IPL next year, he's you know right up there. I think that's Great a job. really, really good point. Um, and also just one more stat on Sterling. Uh, he averages 30 for Ireland, um, which speaking to that point, Zach, um, interestingly, is four runs higher than his non-international T20 average, which I thought was quite low. I mean, 26, it was around the 26 mark. Um, but I think it's fair to say that opening up in a T20 is like you're going to have some innings that pop off and you just get in the flow. You're going to have many, many others where you get caught in the crease or, you know, you get dismissed early. So I, you know, obviously 26 is very solid um, average, but I think it's interesting that 
arguably he excels when playing for Ireland. Something to note coming into these games. Um, one other player I want to point to just before having a really brief look at um, their pre-tournament form, uh, Simi Singh. Now, he is genuinely one of my favorite uh, international players. Like, literally, no sarcasm. I think he's fantastic. Uh, I love his... I, first of all, I love the alliteration in his name. It, it sounds like uh, he should have a comic book. Um, Rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? It does, thing. doesn't it? Uh, and he always looks so happy when he's playing. He's someone who genuinely loves his cricket. Um, he's 34 years old. Um, it's very fair to say that he's peaking towards... Um, well, as he's getting older, I wouldn't say it's towards the end of his career necessarily, but I think he's a player that's improved um, as he's got as he's grown into the game. Uh, he's an off-spinning all-rounder. He's their main he's their uh, main spinner at the minute, uh, displacing Do- George Dockrell, who, who Zach will recall uh, was uh, well-known at Somerset. Interestingly, Dockrell has retooled himself as a batsman, which I think uh, was kind of surprising. But predictions seem to think that he Dockrell himself probably won't make it into the um, into that starting eleven for the first game because mainly because Simi Singh's taking his spinning berth. Uh, want to point to two stats. So not only has he got a great name, he seems like a really nice bloke. Uh, he's a key member of the team in terms of his role of spinning and batting. He uh, is in sensational form uh, in 2021. In January, Simi Singh became only the 20th man to hit a half century and take a five wicket haul in the same ODI against UAE pretty damn good stat i mean i'm surprised as again is is it the 20th man i mean when do you stop calling these stats is top 10 she said the 10th i don't know if it's quite the same (laughs) it's like the 34th man to do it probably the lower end of that but i think a half century and a five wicket haul is a good day's work i mean i've uh don't think i've ever got either so um so good 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 job with him one more thing and this is a much better stat because he was the first ever not 20th not 38th the first ever cricketer to score an odi century batting at number eight in july um in a losing cause against south africa uh, i don't great know if stat, we did then. great oh. start well, thank you, Simi. I mean, he's the one doing the business on the Yeah, he did it, but you found <laughs> that. I'm impressed. Uh, but I think we, we may have touched on it on the pod. I do remember reading about it at the time um, in July, and it really was like, extraordinary to, to be number one. I mean, I guess number eight is quite deep into a game. ODR, you probably wouldn't come in till that late. And I, obviously, there must have been a couple of 50s. I mean... Uh, you know, a bit of um, swinging um, from the from the end of the innings. But to get that century against a really decent team, I think probably the other stat against UAE, nah, fair enough, like it's all right. But against South Africa, who obviously a, a pretty solid uh, international team was really impressive. So to sum up, Paul Sterling, Simi Singh, I think are going to be really key. I think uh, monitoring uh, the captain's form, uh, is he going to drop off again? Um, batting, potentially something to note. And yeah, they've got um, they've got a very solid team. Uh, worrying was their pre-tournament form in the last couple of days. They lost uh, they lost uh, their three-game series to UAE 2-1, which you know it, for me, if you're going to kick on and really excel in a tournament, you can't really be losing against the UAE 2-1. I mean that that was the thing. I kind of started off with that stat when I kind of got into the into the preview, and that I guess that just left a bit of a sour taste in my mouth because, as you may recall, Namibia was six for six just a few days ago. Anyway, uh, their <laughs> fixtures um, their fixtures, as we discussed, it's the same group. Um, uh, I guess okay. I think Zach, you mentioned this. The Netherlands game on October 18th is going to be really key. That's going to set the tone for their performance this tournament. Losing to them, to be honest, I reckon that arguably they'll be out um, after that. I can't really see them building on that after a loss. Sri Lanka is going to be a key one in the middle, and what can only be described as the uh, the El Clasico of these prelims, October 22. Island Namibia, get your popcorn. It's probably 1am for me. I'm going to stay up for it. 
let's do it <laughs> can't wait man brilliant preview again again Glenn. thank you for that um sticking your neck out then you've done your research on group a uh which two teams are getting through this use your heart or your head whichever one you'd like i'm sure your heart would tell you one thing uh but yeah who do you think is getting out of this group then in, into the main draw I'm going to go, I think Shyanka's experience will be handy. I think Zadak did a really, really nice job of summing up why they might not be as uh, smooth a pick as we're expecting. Uh, I think just that experience will see them through. And I'm genuinely going to say, I think Namibia will surprise people. I'm going to say they're going to go through. I'm not convinced them necessarily, but I think they'll win a game. And I think they'll be really entertaining to watch. So I'm going to say Namibia and Sri Lanka, Ireland third, Netherlands potentially fourth. That's where I'm at for my table. Who's nice. and ours from the pod room there? Yeah. <laughs> Zach, remind me like yours it. again. You said Sri Lanka and I've gone Sri Lanka, Netherlands, Sri Lanka, Netherlands, Namibia, Ireland. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm I've, heard, I've heard Namibia are pretty good. I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I've got that from. <laughs> no, this is the thing I'm struggling with, right, Dan? From you know, you and I haven't done that much research on these teams. We're just hearing the pitches here. From purely from the moods of the people who delivered those pitches, I now yeah. am convinced that Namibia are really good. And then I've had to mentally check it and look back. I'm like, no, they're not. Glenn just sounds enthusiastic. <laughs> yeah, terrible. they built their, they built their first ever indoor cricket a couple of months ago. The indoor cricket facility. They're, they're probably through. not going to win. <laughs> I also, I, the, the, I really want to know who these famous six for six wins are against with Namibia, Glenn, because if they're well, losing the were, UAE, <laughs> uh, will they were intra squad games? Uh, half of the team were, like they won each of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was a it was a range of teams. It was Scotland, and it was yeah. They went three 0 up against Uganda, and I don't know Uganda's I cricketing mean, quality. Uh, okay, well, great. they're not here. We can tell yeah. you that they've <laughs> not even made the Minnows podcast. They're not well, in neither, the today. neither have the UAE. That's, that's true. A really yeah, good, that's true. what that's what worried me about Ireland. Really good point. So I said I put it in the chat actually um, for listeners. Um, I saw that Ireland. Well, obviously I watched a bit of the UAE against that Namibia game, um, which Namibia won, may I add. Um, but uh, but uh, um, yeah, Ireland. Um, we were playing them as well. I was like, oh, you know, I imagine UAE. I was like, who's going to cover them? And I was looking at the fixtures. I was like, where are they? I was like, they're playing. Obviously, it makes sense with the location, but they're playing a pretty pivotal part of these at least like um, practice games. And yeah, I mean, they're not even in it. So for Ireland, I mean, you're going to, I wouldn't, even a 2-1 series win would be fine. You, you might lose a warm-up game, no one cares. But to lose a, a series, as unserious as it is, I just set, think it sets a pretty sad precedent for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I think despite Glenn's two really valiant pitches there, in, in the end, I'm going to agree with the, with Zach. I think it's probably Netherlands and Sri Lanka going through. <laughs> That's fair enough. That's fair enough. I'm going to go vibes only because I've done no research on these teams and the vibes from Zach and Glenn win Namibia and the Netherlands. So they're both going to go through. That's my <laughs> prediction. Shock. That's like just hearing your guys' pictures for that half an hour or so there was brilliant. Uh, that's what I want. Them, that's what I, I want. That's what you all want, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So I'll just go for that. Heck, I've done no research. No one, no one dare listen to me anyway because of some of the predictions I've made in the past 12 months or so. So <laughs> let's go for it. What can go wrong? Great job, boys. That's Group A of the qualifiers, or whatever they're called. First round. Should have got this language down before we came on. Uh, Will, you and I are on Group B. Uh, would you like to kick us off? Uh, we've got. Uh, I've got Scotland and Papua New Guinea. You've got Oman and Bangladesh. Who would you like to start with? Should we start with Bangladesh? Yeah, because I think I, if we I, go like we did, the, like the boys did with Group A, Bangladesh are the Sri Lanka of Group B. <laughs> exactly. Wait. Yes, right. They are supposedly the Sri Lanka of Group B. And I mean, again, it's a weird one where when I sort of forgot who was in each group, I, I did my research, I was coming onto the pod and I was thinking, 
if there is going to be a shock exit, it's probably Bangladesh because I'm not feeling optimistic about this team whatsoever. When you see their group, of course, it's with Oman, Papua New Guinea and Scotland. It would be a massive upset if they managed to mess that up and go. I mean, that would be beyond a shock. But if anyone's capable of it, it might be (laughs) Bangladesh. Because despite the fact that they have names who should be very useful, namely Shakib, but also, you know, people like Mustafa Zur, the bowling's decent. They've got a nice young bowler, 21-year-old Shorif al-Islam, who can bowl quite quickly. So there's there's things to like in there. But as with Sri Lanka, they're a lot worse than they were a few years ago. Their record recently is pretty poor. I mean, they beat Australia and New Zealand this year. But as Zach correctly points out in our notes, that was second 11s for both of them. The last time they actually played proper teams, with no disrespect to Zimbabwe, who they did beat, the last time they played anybody else who's in this World Cup, they got battered 3 0 um, by New Zealand and 2 0 for Pakistan and were really poor in both of them. I mean, there were some serious collapses in there. The batting, likewise, not that much to inspire. Tamim Iqbal would usually be their go to starter. He's been injured for most of the last year or so, so hasn't really played any T20s. So they're playing a 22-year-old who's got a handful of caps in their opening partnership and also goes at a strike rate of just about 100. He's managed to score 11 sixes in 21 matches, which we don't really think is going to be what's required if you're batting in Aman and Sharjah. Um, So they're still sixth in the world. So it would be very, very strange if they managed to conspire to go out here. But there's not a whole lot to love in the eleven. I'm not going to lie to you. There's enough that they should win two games, but there's not enough that I'm particularly excited or confident about them. So it sounds like we're going off their their name, that them being Bangladesh. We know what they have done in the past and that they're sixth in the world, which is a really interesting stat, actually, the fact they're in this position at the minute. That and that will get them enough to squeeze them through. But if they also got knocked out, it it would all it would be like, yeah, okay, we could sort of see that. Is that where you're coming from? Exactly. It's the kind of thing that would be a massive shock, but actually you can totally see coming. I mean, when yeah. we, when we look at the batting order, there's really there's not even a Paul Sterling or a Gerhard Erasmus. <laughs> type figure in there a Gerhard Erasmus that's now we know who that is now it's great <laughs> I mean it's basically Kuba Hassan turns up or or, or it's cut yeah it feels like that doesn't it and uh, who, who of these have been playing in the IPL if any uh, I'm, I'm sure I recognize a few Shakib's playing Shakib right now as we record. I don't know how he's doing oh is he I, uh, I know he only he, he bowled the first over for KKR and went for he one played, run so he bowled two overs in the power play but he got hit for he got hit for a few in the second over. He ended up not going for too many. He took a really good catch. Okay, good. Well, it's all it's all back on for Bangladesh then. Should keep the good catch. Uh, they could win the whole thing. Um, I I agree with you. Will. I think this team is just it's here for a reason in their current dip in form. And if they were in the other group, and let's say it was them, you know, swap Sri Lanka and Bangladesh around. I think they really struggle in that group that the boys have just spoken about with with the Netherlands, Ireland and Namibia. And so, yeah. I completely agree that the, the whole question with Bangladesh is not really about whether they're any good or not. I don't think they're any good. It's what are Omar and Papua New Guinea yeah. and Scotland as World what's Cup teams? <laughs> yeah, what's the fight? They do just have looking... one bloke who comes in in the middle order and slaps a strike rate of 155. So, Big fan. quite nice. We like. <laughs> uh just having a peek i think it's really interesting um 
that you rightly pointed out because I was just doing like as you just just before you um, started talking, I was just like hammering out their um, their last um, records. And I was like, as you rightly mentioned, I was like, oh, they got some you know good wins against these established teams. And then I was just going through as you as you were really nicely um, summing up their uh, their kind of build up to the uh, to the World Cup and their background. Uh, Will I was looking, I was like, God, these re- these really are like B team. I mean, Australia was almost B plus. Like it was a rough bunch of players. And I, I was just I think I think we're probably all in agreement that Shakib is is key on his day. He very much is one of the best T20 players in the world. And I just kind of scrolled down. I was just really interested to see um, within two days. So on the 6th of August, um, he got hit zero for 50 uh, against Australia. But talk about a comeback. Two days later, on the 8th of August, he got four for nine. So I think if he turns up... He's made up, hard stuff for Shaquille. Yeah. If he turns up and he's firing, we, we know it's nothing new. So obviously any of the listeners who follow who follow generally international cricket, whether it's IPL or Bangladesh, we know he's a class act. But yeah, if if he really turns up, I am interested to see... I always think of him as a really good batter as well. And his, his high score in the games he's batted in, I want to say the last maybe seven, eight games, is 25 so or 26. So he hasn't really been... He's got some solid knocks, but he hasn't been delivering much with the bat. So he's obviously seen as that key, as you've rightly said Zach you know that opening role in the IPL as well um but again it feels like a bit of a team in transition uh Will with the, a few players who a few key players especially in the last few years that aren't there I'd love to see them do well um I saw them I saw uh, New Zealand Bangladesh in the uh in the World Cup uh, obviously the o- ODI World Cup uh, in England uh two years or so ago the atmosphere was amazing the fans are incredible just really really just a stunning day of cricket um, and they push New Zealand right to the edge in that game. So I would like to see them do well, probably of the I think I would say of the eight teams in the in these kind of prelims, they're probably like my favorite, um, I think, in terms of like watching them. And I've seen them play at Lords as well and uh, met a few of the players when I was younger and everyone was just like really, really nice. So I think a good cricketing team. I really hope they can kick on. As you rightly said, uh, Will, it's a bit sad they're in the prelims as it is, but. They've got a very easy group. There's no excuses. It would be a disgrace if they didn't get through, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I think it would be a disgrace. I like the... Again, for me, this team at the 2019 World Cup were a lot of fun. And Shakib Al-Hassan was just great, wasn't he? So I think if he can kind of... Batting, he, I mean, his batting was particularly good and he was just really economical with bowling, which is what he's been for KKR this season. But his batting's been underused because I I think just because... In, in, for Bangladesh, he could bat at three and be the anchor, whereas f- for KKR at that kind of level above, it doesn't doesn't quite work. So I think he could have a really good World Cup if he bats higher up. But him bat he bats at seven for KKR, and he's not a, uh, you know, he's not Andre he's not Andre Russell. You know, good point. He is not, and we can give you a live update on his bowling stats: four overs, went for twenty eight, seven and over, no wickets. It's not that great. It's not they great. Only hit one three five. Yeah, I, it feels like Bangladesh and Sri Lanka have had the same narrative there, isn't it? Like big so. team shouldn't be here. Have been better. Are bad at the minute. We'll probably get through. I think Bangladesh more like than Sri Lanka with the state of this group. So yeah, I think that's about where we're at with with Bangladesh. Let me let me do my first team, which is Scotland. Excited to do Scotland. Um, their first game is against Bangladesh, actually, and that is on Sunday, the second game on Sunday the 17th, and that feels critical for both sides. I don't, I don't see why whoever wins this game can't go and sweep the group, get three wins, and, and easily head into the, the, the next group stage. So, huge for Scotland. Um, they beat the Netherlands today in a warm-up match very comfortably by 32 runs. Uh, Netherlands got bowled out for 91. 
So that was kind of brutal. So good vibes for Scotland. who have been playing quite a lot of cricket uh, since about May. They weren't, they didn't play a lot in, in the COVID um, year that was 2020. Since May, they've been able to play a decent amount of cricket. They're coming into this with a good bit of form as well. So I've got quite high hopes for Scotland. And they've got a squad that's played a lot of ICC cricket, you know, World Cups, uh, 50 over or 20 over. And they've always just seemed to slightly bottle it whenever it comes to the event itself. Uh, I remember watching them quite a lot in the 2015 uh, ODI World Cup. And they had a really good chance to get through and then lost in silly places to, I think, Bangladesh. Uh, And that was the tournament they got their first ICC win in. So... There's a lot of experience in this squad. They're coming in with a good bit of form. So generally, I'm going to I'm gonna have good vibes about them for the rest of these next five minutes or so. Uh, you've got Carl Kurtzer, who's the captain and the opening batsman. I've said he's the antithesis of where Owen Morgan is at at the minute because Morgan is the captain, but hides down at six or seven and doesn't bowl and do anything. Whereas Kurtz is the man here. He opens, he's captain. Uh, he is the anchor. Every team's got to have an anchor. He is Scotland's anchor. Uh, batting, uh, opening with uh, Munzee, who I'm going to come on to in a little bit. Uh, they've drafted in Jonathan Trott as the batting consultant. That was um, announced when the squad was out. So nothing wrong with that. Very experienced batter. Um, wasn't much of a T20 player, but that's fine. That's fine. Bat on balls, all the same. Straight thing. bat, straight bat. Straight bat, straight bat. Great <laughs> off. His, they're all great off their legs, the Scots. Now they're all great <laughs> off their hip. <laughs> he's been he's just been hammering hip hip uh, leg leg side shots at him. Um, so I say they came with a bit of form. They're currently in form, but to get into this stage, they squeezed through. Uh, they won three and lost three in that qualification for the qualification round. Um, they lost two one to Zimbabwe in a T20 series earlier this year. Uh, and again, when we're speaking about losing against a side that isn't even at this stage, you know, we're trying to work out quite where they are in and amongst these teams. And despite what I said earlier, they're probably in the lower half of that, but I do have good vibes about them. As I said, plenty of experience. Uh, Munzee, who's the opening batter alongside Kurtzer, has got plenty of franchise experience. Um, he's pretty much the X factor for the team, I'd say. He's been pushed up to open. Uh, Zach, you're nodding along. You, you like a bit of Munzee? Yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of Munzee. I saw an innings he, he uh, where he hit 65 from 43 against UAE, and uh, one of their kind of qualifiers in, in, included two uh, reverse sweep sixes, one of which he when he was only on one. The, um, there's a there's a good there's a good cricket there's a good cricket Twitter account called Scouting Cricket who's uh, it's by a Scottish bloke so he's done some good analysis and he really likes Munsey because he's got the highest um, boundary percentage at 26 and has 26% boundaries which is pretty good you know as you will hear on some future pods hit more boundaries win lots of games yeah he's got and he's got a good strike rate. As with uh, Glenn, some of Glenn's favourite players from Namibia, he's got a good strike rate against both pace and spin. So, you know, he's good at hitting bowling. <laughs> Very good at hitting bowling. I think that's a really formidable opening partnership as well for Scotland. Uh, yeah, he's also got his lovely stats as well. Like, he's also currently the joint um, second uh, holder for the most sixes in a, in a T20 innings, which is um, pretty fantastic. He uh, absolutely spanked 127, not out against the Netherlands in 2019. And yet had 14 sixes in that innings, which is which Jeez. is pretty good. Uh, you're, you're selling me on Scotland a bit. Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, I'm liking this. Because I, I watching all you guys pitch your your first teams, Will's not so much. I'm sure Oman will be more positive. But Zach and Glenn, you both had a nice positive one. And this is my positive one, as much as I'd love uh, PNG to be that. 
So, uh, yeah, there's good vibes here. I'll, I'll round up with the bowling. Um, they've got Watts and Tahir locked in as their spinners, both left arms slow. So very useful against a right-handed team. Uh, if there's a right-handed dominant team, uh, they'll have to play, which I'm sure, I'm sure there will be. Uh, the only issue is there's no one taking the ball away from a left-hander. Uh, the only other spin option, Chris Greaves, is a wrist-spinning option. There's a lot of debate as to whether they'll play the three spinners, but I think with their pace attack, they'll likely stick with just the two. You've got Josh Davey, who you guys will know from Somerset, obviously. Is he, is he still at Somerset, Davey, or has he moved on now? So he's still going for Somerset. Good player, uh, plenty of ICC experience as well. And yeah, it's a good team. Uh, Wheel as well, played for the London Spirit, took nine wickets in three games. So shame it's for the London Spirit, but nine wickets in three games is pretty good. So a nicely balanced side, probably missing an all-rounder. Uh, decent spin if you're only going in one direction, which is a bit nitpicky, if anything. These guys are two good spinners and a good-looking team. I think if they can get it all right, these guys should go through this group. Um, and as I said at the top, Bangladesh is the first game is huge. If they win that, I think they can go on and win all three games. If they lose it, they might get a bit Scottish and just sort of get a bit nervy and start losing some games. So hopefully they channel, you know, a bit of the Scottish football team at the minute. That game against Israel was great, as opposed to Scotland in the, in the Euros, which, is, which were terrible. So... A good chance. I like the look of this team a lot. And like I said, that it pretty much hangs on that on that first game. Uh, right, so that's my Scotland. Uh, Will, let's have some vibes about Oman. Is this your team? Is this the one you, you like? I think we've all got attached to one team, haven't we, from this bit of research. Is this yours, Will? This is my team. This is my new baby. I, I wasn't very enthusiastic <laughs> on the last one because I thought I didn't want to finish on a downer with Bangladesh. Let's get them yeah. out of the way. Yeah. Oman are the real gem here. First of all, <laughs> my equivalent of Craig, whoever Craig was from Namibia. <laughs> How my, dare you? How my dare new favourite player is the Oman top scorer, Jatinder Singh, who hilariously is 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 virtually him and Simi are the only Singhs in the tournament. India don't have any, uh, which is a shame. <laughs> uh, so I'm now an Oman fan. Um, but he we've already heard about the two top scorers in qualifying in 2019, Paul Sterling and Mr. Erasmus. The third was Jatinda, spanked to 67 or 50 balls against Hong Kong. Plays a nice little style of cricket. A couple, I, I, I've somehow found a full cut of that match on the internet, listeners. If you <laughs> if you if you fancy back catalogues of one games, so I watched his innings. Very fluid. Played a couple of really nice cover drives. Can hit it hit it into both sides. Gave me a little bit of the Shubman Gills in terms of style. Proper cricketer, but can go at a bit of pace early. So that was nice to see slight problem for Aman and let's let's get this out of the way early to get the negativity done they did finish as the bottom ranked team in qualifying that still made it so they were sixth in 19 qualifying just above the UAE so they made it but they are officially the worst team in the competition however they are quite good at bowling they do tend to keep opposition sides to pretty low scores which is good they've got a bunch of weird different spin options. Akib Ilyas is their frontline spinner. He has reasonable numbers. He did okay in the game that I watched. Unfortunately, unlike Craig, he did not pass the eye test. It, there was an element of Glenn tossing it up on Clapham Common about it. I feel like if Oman it's make floaty. it... It's floaty. It's very floaty. If Oman make it to Sharjah somehow, all of their games are in, uh, in Oman, which is nice. We'll come on to that. If they make it to Sharjah, he will probably get spanked around in the Super 12s. But they've also got a couple of other options. There's a guy called Amir Kaleem, who's a left arm spinner. Apparently has the only Fifer in Oman history. So that's nice. And also bats a bit. Quite a sort of Jadeja type character, which I like. My favourite genre of cricketer. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And then again, one of their opening batsmen, Kawar Ali, also bowls a bit of spin, took three wickets in the game that I saw. So that was nice. In fact, three caught and bowls, which I don't think I've ever seen before, just sort of tosses it up with a bit of variation of pace. Hong Kong batsman got really confused and paddled it back to him three times. So there are a few different options there. You've also got two actually genuinely good bowlers who open the bowling together, both with sort of nibbling medium fast bowling, Bilal Khan and Fires, but who are both reasonably good and they do tend to keep oppositions to pretty low scores between them. So that's that's the good side, kind of. The batting is a problem. Exactly. If that's the good, if three dodgy spinners and a couple of medium paces are the good. The batting is a problem. I looked back at their record from those 19 qualifiers. They do tend to sort of stumble to 130 odd scores against not very good teams, which yes, doesn't bode very well for their chances against the big boys of Bangladesh, etc. Um it is pretty much Kawar Ali and Jatinder Singh opening together. If they don't get the runs, there's not a huge amount that comes in after that. Having said that, since qualifying, they do they have had a bit of a freshen up. They've got a couple of newbies in who are eligible for other countries, mainly India, who have turned up in the Oman squad now that they're in a World Cup. Um, Ayan Khan being the most promising of those, Nesta Damba as well. So they've got a couple injections of quality that, that may help them previous uh, over and above their qualifying record as glenn mentioned they did just win their warm-up game which is nice to see so there's kind of a bit of everything with this team and i love their vibe love the attitude they've got a really nice kit they've got a great story as we mentioned before in our in our in our group chat 10 years ago there wasn't even a grass pitch in oman and now they're hosting three games for themselves in a world cup so maybe they're just well up for that occasion they know the surface they know conditions and they'll get off to a flyer um but i think that first game it's gonna, we're going to kick off with Oman versus Papua New Guinea, who you're about to talk oh. about. That's the oh. game of the group. Because you it have to is, think, whoever, whoever loses that is gone. They're long Agreed. gone. Agreed. So that's that's an absolutely massive game. Uh, I just want to say, Will, that uh, I love the preview. I love the energy. I've never been more convinced that I love a team and at the same time convinced they're going to lose every game. <laughs> 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 so oh, the other thing I didn't That's even funny. say with respect to the batting, apparently they go at the slowest rate of pretty much any team in qualifiers. They don't really bat like a T20 team whatsoever. Oh, gosh. I mean, yeah, I think Glenn makes such a good point that I think Zach and Glenn both had their real vibes about Netherlands and Namibia and then gave reasons why they might win. Whereas, Will, the vibes are there. But yeah, it doesn't seem very hopeful for this team. I think you're clutching on to the fact they're at home, which is great. All of Group B's games in Oman, they're just staying, playing at that, that one stadium to get them all done fairly quickish. No, they're doing all of theirs in Oman. And then some of them are in Abu Dhabi. Oh, OK. OK, but at least Oman gets to play in Oman. That's nice. Oh, and they the last one is in Sharjah for some reason. Oh, they keep them, keeping it fresh. Uh, well, good for them. I They seem... Plucky is a good word to describe them. You know, plucky Oman. Let's hope for the best for them. Plucky, I think, is absolutely right. And I, the last thing I've written in my notes about Oman is that, as we say, they don't really play T20 quicker. Also, a lot of their team are quite old, quite experienced. They've done an amazing job to get Oman to this point where they can play in a World Cup. This is probably towards the end of that team cycle. But you now hope that once you've got that infrastructure in place and they've got to this point, they'll be able to improve from here. Unlike teams like Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, who historically have been very, very good, but are clearly on a decline. And mm-hmm. and to inject some narrative into this, there's there might be a PhD article in this if somebody wants it. I wonder if we may see a sort of gradual realignment in world cricket away from the big former colony teams like Sri Lanka, Bangladesh, the West Indies, who have historically been very good, and now towards other teams, 
Aman, maybe others we're going to talk about, who just are better placed going forward, but obviously don't have those same traditions. I absolutely love, I, I love the, the concept and there's going to be theoretical framework to support it, but I don't think a committee will accept a defence that includes a man in a couple of years, maybe better than West Indies. That may be difficult to defend, <laughs> but I do love it, Will. I love, I love the concept. I think maybe in a 30, 40 year period. I a think bigger we're cycle. Coming, a I bigger think a cycle. A bigger cycle. A bigger cycle. We see it coming though. These are interesting teams from different parts of the world that we're talking about today. One simple way to describe it, Glenn, and defend it would be which team in the last 40 years has trended in the right direction? Because if you think about how the West Indies have gone since Mm -hmm. the 1980s and how Oman have gone since the 1980s, Oman have gone in one direction. Exactly. Glenn's doing a perfect (laughs) cross. I think Zach's absolutely right. And there is extra evidence for this. This isn't hypothetical because, as we mentioned on a podcast, listeners will be able to listen to next week. Afghanistan are now one place ahead of the West Indies in the world rankings, which Great is point. a very similar trajectory to Oman. Great point. There is some there is some research to be done here. If anyone wants it, please take it. Imagine we get reference, boys. Imagine the audible episode of Rainstorm Play gets referenced in some massive bit of research. Great work, uh, Will. Last team then for me, uh, Papua New Guinea. This is exciting, and I can't wait for that first game, Will, between Papua New Guinea and Oman. Pure vibes. We'll have to watch it together. Yeah. I don't care what time it's on. We should no, have a live stream together. We should. We really should do stuff like that. I think for this, this would be very, very fun. Uh, the Scotland are my... I, I loved both of these teams, um, but Scotland are my main baby. This is my baby that I love, but I don't think it's going to achieve that much. Uh, despite how much we love them. Uh, this is their first ever time, uh, the first ever time they played at an ICC tournament. Uh, they actually finished runners-up to the Netherlands, winning five out of their six group matches to get to this stage. So, you know, w- when Will's talking about how Oman were the last team to get in, uh, PNG were the, the second best team to get in. So that's pretty cool. Um, they've been associate members since 1973. You're going to do a small history lesson here. Uh that was actually before they gained independence in 1975. So they've been around for a while as a cricketing nation. Uh, they played their first T20I against Hong Kong in 2015, which is a full washout. I don't think it was even a coin toss, but that was technically their first game. They then played their full first match two days later and beat Ireland by two wickets. That was also in 2015. So they've got some results. Uh, in T20Is, they've played 28 games, one seventeen lost 10 and with that one no result which i think is a pretty good return for a team like papua new guinea um and they also hold the world record for the highest score in a one day match um does anyone want to guess what they might have got in a one day match just for fun and don't don't say like oh ten thousand and ruin it you know Sorry, what the, do you hi- think someone... the highest like ever ever of anyone in an odi yeah. yes yes 400 odd 400 485 Glenn? 500, 520. 572 for seven. Oh, against against, against, against Caledonia. I don't know who they it's are. Some, some, some island some, some uh, in 2007. So, so it's not an ODI. It's, it's, totally it's not an official ODI. No, no, no. Just a one-day match. It was an ODI. It's a friendly. Uh, <laughs> a game of cricket occurred, right? <laughs> yeah. And these guys played. And they got like two, let's not get too technical here. Let's not get they, too technical. I there was a bat and a ball. oversold that stat a bit. <laughs> yeah, it and was against got, some farmers and it's not even about? it's not even the same format we're talking about right now <laughs> it's, just... it's like psg winning at 15-0 in the french league no one cares <laughs> we may as well award zach a, a 50 for his 
uh, exploits in Clapham it's, Common. It's like That's when I got my, my, um, my record bowling figures, which, Zach, I don't know, I think it might have been a five, or it was at least four um, against some children from a pottery for Lyme Regis. We were the under 15s, and they kept sending up about 10, literally like 10, 11 year olds, and I was just floating it up, and it would go above their eye line because they are about two feet tall, and it would just land on the stumps. <laughs> That's the vibe I'm getting from this. <laughs> well, listen, it's a stat. I was running a bit low on old PNG, but so I want to like them. Uh, one one thing I love about PNG, and if if I had my way, teams would get points for their kits. So Dan, if I had my way, both of your teams would be on a trajectory to go through because I love their kits. Right. PNG's kit is beautiful. Scotland's also beautiful. So they're the two teams going through in my alternate universe where teams get points for kits. Kit vibes. Kit Have vibes. you seen Bangladesh's just announced today? I think very nice ret- retro style green and red sleeves. Good stuff. Ooh. I think the Very teams cute. have all done quite well this year with kits, haven't they? I think in general. Right, come on. But I'm off topic on Papua New Guinea. <laughs> There's not much left, to be honest, boys. Um, let me give you. Some, go on, go on. Zach. No, just, just, I, I, just to ruin the day on, uh, on Will's uh, topic of the uh, dissertation discussion, thesis discussion. The problem with my only problem with it is I've just googled Oman's uh, history, colonial history, and we said moving away from former British colonies. Oman was a British colony. <laughs> Let me rephrase. Oh, undefendable. Burn, burn. <laughs> Moving away from the big traditional sub-imperial powers. Oh, revisions on the thesis. The committee <laughs> rejected many, <laughs> many no, revisions. Minor corrections, I think we call this. I've had my viva. Major corrections. <laughs> minor. <laughs> they were not a British colony. Oh, wait, they were. <laughs> I didn't say they were not a British colony. <laughs> The Why am I defending it now? It's not a thesis. <laughs> Can I please talk about the good players of Papua New Guinea? <laughs> we're all a bit tired now. We're, all, we're, we're on to our eighth team with the pod. I think we're all about done. <laughs> right, we've got spinning all round Charles Amini. Uh, he's taken 21 uh, T20I wickets at an average of 20. Economy under six. We all know how much I, I, I love economies. And he averages 26 with the bat. So... There's a good all-rounder. That's all you need, isn't it, really? Is all exactly. That's all we ever talk already. about. You're not a fan of the meanie? He's found his Washington Sundar for, for yes. Papua New Guinea. Yes. <laughs> I, I, of course I did. I had to. I had to find my Washington for this tournament. And there he is. Um, Tony Ura is the opener. Uh, averages 37 at a strike of 141. Uh, and he has a T20 I 100. So it's a pretty good one behind Paul Sterling, the great Paul Sterling, who's only got two. Pathetic. Uh, and then another bowling all-rounder, <laughs> Norman Vanua, uh, who averages 22, but a strike rate 150, and has got 35 wickets at an average of 14, with the best bowling innings of 5 for 17. So two great all-rounders, uh, a good captain in Asad Valla, a good opening batsman, but they're going to lose every game. So it's a shame for them, really. I think it being their first tournament, it's just going to be a bit of a struggle. They've... <sighs> Oh, they they got through as runners up, but I just don't get vibes about this team researching them. Dan, they can't lose every game because one of them's against Oman. <laughs> <laughs> so one of those two has no, to win. I want Oman to win that one. Nah, really that's going to be a tie. The only tie of the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> Called two off for a thunderstorm. No, I'm so I'm so won over by your argument for Oman world that I'd happily see PNG lose. As excited as I am for that game. Um, yeah, luckily for them, and I think this is where their the crumb of comfort is, obviously they came second in the qualifying stages to get here. Uh, 
All of those players I mentioned have been with the team since it made its T20 debut in 2015. So lots of experience there. It's a team that hasn't changed very much over time. So these guys now play cricket with each other. And if they can get a little run together, I don't, I don't see why not. Um, I just don't see much pace bowling. There's not much depth in the batting. Uh, and maybe I'm just being a bit biased because I don't see much of PNG, but maybe they'll win a few. But for me, uh, it's Scotland and Bangladesh going through from this from this group pretty comfortably. Despite them play, I think they played in that first game, but from then they'll, they'll both settle down. And I think from what you and me have discussed, Will, Oman and PNG are struggling. And that game that they're playing first, it's interesting that the two quote-unquote best teams are playing each other to start, from, from our opinion. But yeah, Scotland and Bangladesh to me, Will, any alterations to that are your... Your baby Oman getting through. Quite tempted by your Papua New Guinea bloke who averages 37 on 140 or whatever it was. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a, he's a player. Let's Tony, do it. Tony Uren. His name's Tony as well. We've got Tony, Tony got Craig. Uh, Tony. Norman. Norman and Charles. Norman. Uh, Gerhard. Uh, <laughs> Simpsons, Craig. Craig. Let's do, Let's do it. Bangladesh and Papua New Guinea. To there qualify. we go. Love that. Love that. Uh, Zach and Gunnar, have we persuaded you of our pitches, you know, giving you any vibes at all? Or are you going to go with 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 what looks like the two favourites? Oh, I'm going Scotland and Papua New Guinea. I'm saying even if they don't get the extra points for the kits, they're, they're, they're going to make it because their kits are going to give them the extra boost they need to get past a, a flailing Bangladesh side. Great point. Uh, Scotland, I I am uh, encouraged by your uh, by your sales pitch there, Dan. I think they they've got the form, they got a bit of experience. Um, they've got they, that, that opening bat sounds like uh, like a bit of a hard hitter. I mean, you know, holding those records for sixes and um, and such. Davy, obviously a little bit of a Somerset connection, which I hadn't which I hadn't realised before. Um, you sold me on Scotland. Uh, I am not sold on a man nor Papua New Guinea, but I, I'm delighted they're here. <laughs> I, I, I'm I, I'm sold on like um, their attitude and the, what they can offer the game on their cricketing ability. No, 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 no. Bangladesh is going to be a horrible couple of games against those two for the. Yeah, I, uh, I can just minnows. see the Bangladesh games against Oman and PNG being real scrappers as well, because Bangladesh oh, are like yeah. we have to win this and they'll Absolutely. just creep through, won't they? Uh, right, so those of our predictions uh, for the group stages, very exciting. The, the first round group stage, excuse me. Uh, Glenn, before we let you go, and I'm going to tell the listeners now, we've got two more preview podcasts coming up next week. We'll do our front runners, which will be England, India and West Indies. And then we'll do a mid, mid of the road podcast with the rest of the teams. Uh, we've all given already, Glenn, and they're on recordings now, our semi-finalists. Would you like to reveal yours now? And uh, I'll write them down and we'll see how we get on in this World Cup. Who do you think is going to be in that final four? Yes, I think England, India, Pakistan. I'm torn on the fourth. Uh, It's between West Indies and Australia. Uh, I don't know if it's too late to include Namibia. I'm not quite sure which group they're going to fall into here. (laughs) It could could or couldn't be possible that. It may or may not be possible. (laughs) Uh, But uh, to keep it it sensible... uh, I'm going to go in with Australia and I'm intrigued to see uh, to listen to your discussion about that in the next couple of days. Um, I just think uh, it's that it's a bit of a cliche. It's just that winning mentality at tournaments. I think they uh, they just turn up at tournaments and that's why I'm going to. And I think West Indies, as much as I love them, I just I just don't know if I see it this one. But yeah, it's uh, it's a tough one. But I'm reasonably reasonably confident on the first three. I think it'll be a really good tournament for Pakistan and India. I can only hope so. Yeah. Well, you and me have markedly similar opinions, Glenn, and listeners can find out what me, Zach and Will 
think <laughs> or who think we'll get into that top four in the later pods coming up next week. Uh, that about wraps this one up. The Minnows pod's done. That was a lot of fun, boys, wasn't it? I think we need more. We need more of this kind of cricket. We, and <laughs> I think everybody, we've all got some names to look out for. Now, obviously, we know a bit more about the teams, but I think we've we've all come up with some brilliant names to look out for. And let's hope a pod favourite, i.e. some we've mentioned today from any of these teams, just goes off on one and we he can become folklore for us, basically. <laughs> Uh, brilliant Glenn thank you so much for joining us uh, you won't be on the next two pods but you'll be back definitely to chat about the World Cup as it's going ahead so we look forward to that absolutely no thank you for having me and thank you for, for doing the other ones I'm going to be delighted to edit and listen so this was a lot of fun my mouth actually hurts from laughing which is always a good sign my cheeks <laughs> are just a... slightly sore <laughs> <laughs> that is a good sign of a pod isn't it uh, Zach I'm speaking to you again tomorrow this is the third day I've spoken to you and I've already spoken to you and this nothing to do with the pod. It's no, the pod, the pod's no, irrelevant. No, just two, two friends so hanging confused. out. I'm so confused. Just say goodbye to everybody. Goodbye. Just, just, just like Glenn talking about Australia being the, the big tournament player they are, having never won the T20 World Cup. But, you know, they're pretty good at <laughs> You just had stuff. to get that in there at the end, didn't you, Zach? Didn't say yeah. they were winners. I, did, I say they have a, did I say they have a winning mentality? I don't know what I said. They have a winning mentality. Which, winning which the West Indies don't have won the last two World Cups. I think, I think we've had two clangers. We've got the Aman thesis and the winning mentality. <laughs> and that's Brilliant. the pod name. We're done. Yeah, that's Goodbye, it. Well everyone. done, everyone. Uh, Will, you're on the next... No, you aren't. Yeah, you are on the next one as well. So we'll speak to you next week. Sure. I don't, know what, I don't know what order these pods are coming out. Neither do I. Just listeners, oh, this is the pod you're listening to now. Subscribe. Subscribe, <laughs> like, comment, subscribe, and we'll speak to you very soon. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.